we got to start doing exactly what you say, shouting from the mountaintops. We yeah. got to say, you know what? We are freaking great up here. Great things are happening and, 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 and sharing it with everybody. Welcome to Startupville, the show where we discuss what it's like to build a tech startup and a startup ecosystem in a small city. I'm your producer, Ariel Delorier. Our host is Dan Gold, and today we're bringing you back with us live and on the scene at the 2022 Uniting the Furies Conference right here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. If you haven't listened to episode one of this mini-series, please pause now and go check it out. You'll learn everything about Uniting the Prairies and hear from all of our first guests. Today, we're taking you back into the Startupville Thunderdome to chat with more guests from UP. We've got three wonderful guests joining us in this episode to chat all things from starting from the bottom to investments and scaling. Joining us is Noah Polanski from TAVE in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Melanie Morrison from Better Car Analytics in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and Jade Alberts of Peer Guidance in Calgary, Alberta. Welcome to Startupville. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place and Martin Charlton Communications. First up, we've got Noah Polanski with TAVE from Winnipeg, Manitoba. TAVE automatically replaces TV commercials with targeted content to increase revenue and create continuity in your customers' environments. We are back in the Startupville Thunderdome. With me is Noah Polanski from TAVE. I'm intrigued you've made the journey from Winnipeg as far as I know. TAVE, give me the elevator pitch. Yeah, for sure. So we make TV commercials as targeted and effective as Facebook ads. Okay, explain to me how. Yeah, so we partner up with bars and restaurants that have TVs all over their venue. Mm -hmm. And when those TVs cut to commercial, we have proprietary tech that knows it's a commercial break, replaces the normal ads with really targeted ones meant for that venue. And then using some proprietary attribution we built, we're actually able to collect data and measure whether or not the ads are working and driving measurable business changes. So that would be something like a promotion on X, Y, or Z, or a mention on... Uh, product, etc., or, or an item, and then you would track that directly with the partner to sales. It can be. It, it can be anything as abstract as somebody who wants to reach that demographic and wants to drive website traffic or app downloads. Maybe they have a physical storefront location. We have one. They're a massage parlor, and they wanted to get more people in the door, and yeah. so they played ads in a two-mile radius, and they um, they did. They got 160 new people per month from every location they advertised in, and we were able to show them that. So that's all about setting clear goals and making sure that they're measurable. Exactly. Okay. So in terms of the types of venue that you work with, with Tave, what, what would they span? Yeah. So what we really look for is something that's busy, beautiful, or unique. So we partner up with sports bars we have, and restaurants primarily. We have over 150 of them now. They're all in South Florida and Tampa. Um, those were our first two markets. And that's really what we're looking for. You have to have lots of TVs. You have to have a really great ambience somewhere that people want to go because those are the places that the ads will be the most effective. Okay. I'm, my, my brain is fizzling at this moment. We're in Canada. We're in the middle of Canada. And your primary market is down south. How on earth did that come about? So originally we did have a Canadian presence and we actually were working with some of the biggest brands in Canada. And then when the pandemic broke out, everyone shut down. And so we took a good look and said, where can we go that will never shut down? And <laughs> oh, you can see where I'm going with this. That's really interesting because, of course, um, whether politically or otherwise, there was a, a steer to make sure that, you know, with, with 
DeSantis that they were going to stay open. Exactly. DeSantis was tweeting every day, I will sue anyone who tries to shut down our bars. And we yeah. said, that's where we need to go. And so we hopped on a flight. We didn't know a single person in the entire city. And we moved to Miami for six months. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so the let's go back an hour, a, a step. You're launching this idea here. You're you're going through those steps of the evolution of not only the business but the idea itself and the technology behind it. You believe in the technology. You know that it works. You know that it's applicable. Pandemic goes, makes everything go sideways. What were the feelings before that decision? Before DeSantis comes out and says we are not going to be shutting down. What were the feelings as you look at this could be bleak? Well, we knew we had to do something because time kills stuff. So when you yeah. have people and you have salaries and you have costs and you do nothing, you die a very slow, painful death. And so we knew we had to do something. We either had to change our product so that we could sell it into places that weren't open, which would be pretty fundamental for us because these bars were completely empty and closed in Canada. Um, or we had to find a place where we could sell our existing product and position it in such a way that it would still provide value. And so we did iterate our business model and change things a bit through the pandemic. Um, but ultimately, we had a lot of conviction that this was something people wanted, and we talked to a lot of customers. We knew that we were onto the right thing, and we just had to find the market because um, everybody wanted it. We just had to find the market where they were allowed to have their doors open so they could have it. I sometimes the simplest ideas are the best, and the frustration when you're in a sports bar or in a bar and you're having a nice time, and there's an event on, and everyone's following it. And then there's an advert comes on, a commercial comes on, and it's for a rival restaurant, a rival bar. Like, there is nothing worse. I've worked in the sector. Because then, effectively, on all of your screens is the guy who's advertising down the road, and that's the last thing you ever want. So, in terms of... You've got the technology, you know, uh, localising the content. What? Where does the creative side come from because you've got a balance of technology and effectively an ad agency model as well where you're creating and selling ad space yeah it's it's an interesting question because a lot of people in our space would approach it and say that's not our problem we're going to find people they're going to make their own campaigns they're going to come up with creative um, and that does work that's great um, if you but really you looked more full circle yeah, and, and it's really just a, a growth hack. It's, it's doing the things that don't scale so that you can get to the point where you don't need to do them anymore. And so when I look at it and I say, what does a customer really want? They want to be pitched the idea that's going to blow their mind. They want you to walk in there with a, you know, a, a, a board and you know, flip it open. And on that first page, you have, here's your campaign and here's how we're going to drive new business results. And you pitch them something mind-blowing and it happens to utilize your technology and you're selling them the why, not the features. And if you walk in there and say, here are all our capabilities, here's how we can help you reach people, here's how we'll grow your business, it's a lot harder of a sell. So Noah, what are those next steps for you? You've obviously got this marketplace which is working, the world is opening up. How do you scale from here? Yeah, so we just launched our second market um, about two months ago, it's Tampa Bay. Um, so it's also in Florida and it's growing really quickly actually. Um, we're considering it launched now about two months in where it took us over nine months to do our first one. Uh, and so we're getting ready for market number three. It's going live next month. Um, we're going to start and we're hoping to do it even faster. Um, and there, from there, we're just launching markets as fast as we can. And hopefully we're going to be across the U.S. within a year or so. With that in mind, I want people to be able to get in touch with you. We like building connection. So Noah, how can people get in touch? The best way is to send me an email. It's Noah, N-O-A-H, 
at TAIV.TV. Reach out. If there's anything I can do to help, I'm always happy to. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good about that. Well, Noah, thank you for joining us here at the UP Conference inside the Startupville Thunderdome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Next, we have Melanie Morrison with BetterCart Analytics from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. BetterCart Analytics is price analytics software that allows retailers and producers to make data-driven decisions to increase their profit margin and market share. Melanie Morrison, back once again here on Startupville. I'm, I want to ask you a question. When we first spoke about BetterCart, it was a very specific model and what you were doing and what you wanted to achieve. And I remember that day, there was a beautiful bright window behind you as we spoke on Startupville and it was such a lovely day. And I walked away thinking, this is a brilliant idea. You've changed direction. Tell me about what you're doing now. How has it been since we last chatted? Well, thanks again for having me on your show. It's just wonderful. Um, We have indeed pivoted. So as you remember, we had a consumer web app that was helping grocery shoppers across the country save money on their grocery bill. Wonderful, fantastic. And we've actually kept that alive for consumers so they can always access the savings. And then we've actually realized that we are sitting um, on a massive data store of pricing data in the country, and there's a data deficit. So we are able now to work with grocery retailers as well as manufacturers, predominantly CPG companies, and providing them with the real-time and historical price analytics they need to direct their you know, data-driven execution of their pricing strategies and then their compliance. So it's, it's very exciting you know where we're at right now yes so i remember we not to shatter any illusions but we had a conversation off the back of the recording which was for the shh this isn't for air type of stuff and we were talking about the data and Mm -hmm. and what was available in that sense and i spoke a little bit about what some of the data is in the uk and the structure and how it how it's used And it was a really interesting conversation because even then I thought, okay, I know where you're going because we've had this conversation, but I can already tell there's the start of an itch. There's start of a realization of there's this piece to this. So if even back then there was this element of, I know there's an opportunity to do this, you still had to do the first piece to get the data, That's to get right. get it all structured, to get it built out, to then have the second model. Correct. Absolutely. Yes. And we did a lot of learning. So after you and I spoke, it was really digging deeply. So mm. yes, you have data, but how is this going to be packaged? Who is going to want this in fact? Mm-hmm. In what format are they going to want this to be presented to them? And how about the actionable insights? That's the most critical thing. Yeah. And so it's took us, you know, over the last year, we went really, you know, deeply into our development of our software. And so we've come out of that with, you know, a lot of of amazing positive feedback about the value of the data that we're providing and how we're going to be directing their strategy and helping them layer in. And ultimately, Dan, we're going to get the sales volume data from these manufacturers and retailers. And that is super exciting for us because we'll be able to direct even more so uh, right on up in their, you know, CFO right on, right on up. So, yeah. 
So you're at this stage yeah. where you look at the model you've got, you see the opportunity coming ahead, you've built mm -hmm. it out and everything that's gone to building where we are, where we find ourselves today. When you take that step and you go, okay, I'm going to make this change, this is why I'm going to make this change, this makes sense. Were there any shortcomings in terms of skills within the organization to look at this data, to analyze it, to really see what you could extract from it before going to the marketplace mm -hmm. to actually look at, you know, whether it's data engineering, whatever it, whatever it was, did you need to bring people in? Mm -hmm. So we've had a fantastic mentor throughout this process and that would be Jeff Dick. Mm -hmm. So he's worked with us for two years now and really helped us, guide us, guided us through this pivot yeah. and was a resource that we could rely on there from the machine learning and AI. And then we were able to um, actually rely on a lot of the intelligence within the team. So that has been fantastic. Um, the hires that we made around the data science side, so we have the equivalent, not a lot, but one full-time yep. data scientist, <laughs> but that's two part-time positions. And these individuals are magnificent. So between the parsing that we do, between the analytics that we're surfacing and everything in between the ML-driven AI, it's really a phenomenal process. Um, and I think the biggest hurdle for us was really, we're building this, we're, we are pretty certain that this is gonna be a value, but we need to get it in front of people. Absolutely. So we need to get that feedback. And so for me as a founder, it took a little bit of time to build up that confidence to take mm. this in, you know, in, in front of people. And now we're in a position where we're really glad to be out in front of people and it's it's sort of a you know it's it's an effect i guess and so it's it's a lovely feeling well we're here at the uniting the prairies conference conference up 2022 i know that you've got a meeting in just a moment um, but before you go I want to say, firstly, I'm really proud of your journey because oh, it's one that I have followed thank very you. closely. And secondly, it to me proves that people who, that there are different people with different characteristics and personality traits. And I think for the people who are truly nice people, and you've always struck me as a really, oh, really nice person, it proves that really nice people can make these things happen rather than just having to hammer away and, you know, there's a good, there's a good healthy balance to it. So in that sense, Melanie, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us here on this episode. It's lovely to catch up once it's again. lovely to see you. And I'm so pleased to be here today. Thanks so much for the invitation to join. I really, really love that. And, and It'll be great to just keep in touch as we always do and uh, just keep going on this journey called business and life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Last on today's episode, we have Jade Alberts with Peer Guidance out of Calgary, Alberta. Jade Alberts is an entrepreneur, angel investor, and strategist well-known in the Alberta tech ecosystem for his vast experience and straightforward advice to aspiring entrepreneurs. If I was to say hello and welcome back to the Startupville Thunderdome, I think everyone has heard me say that already. But the reason I'm saying it now is that we are in a monumental time of gathering the most incredible content from people across the prairies. We're telling stories of founders. We're telling the stories of investors. We're telling the stories of accelerators and everything in between. And many people wear many different hats. One of those people, Jade Alberts, investor from Startup TNT and 
as I already know, as I look at you across this table, many other interests as well. Jade, welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> I love the Thunderdome. I love being in here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Um, let's take this to the very start. And the most important thing, for those watching on video, they might have an inkling. They may not. It depends how this is framed. You potentially have the coolest shoes of anyone oh. in this room. And I think it's brilliant because I work in communication and marketing and we talk about memorability and stickiness. Yeah. And people will be talking about your shoes and then it's a great icebreaker. And if there's nothing else, no other motivation behind it, I think it's brilliant from a marketing <laughs> professional. I think that's spot on. Jade. Congratulations on the shoes. There we go. We'll give them for the camera. Hey, get them up there. Yeah, you know, I use them. And I mean, I love marketing. I've done a lot of marketing, especially with a lot of the startups that I've, you know, the one that we exited and one that the ones I helped. It's, it's a conversation starter. And that's that's all you need, right? Someone looks and says, hey, oh, my God. Boom. Yeah. Away I, you go. I've got a jacket and on it I have a, a, a pin of a bright pink cat. And that pink cat just gets the eyeline of people looking. It's yeah. called Bagpuss. If anyone wants to look online, it's Bagpuss. Um, so Jade, I don't want to take up a crazy amount of your time as they're assembling the bar right outside <laughs> the Thunderdome. So we're in the right position. But I want to understand, what is your motivation for being a part of Startup TNT? And and how did you, how did you get into this space with investing and really helping this generation of tech entrepreneurs take that next step? Well, we exited our company about seven and a half years ago. And then a few of my friends that I grew up with in Sask here were doing it. And I was like, yeah, I want in. And and it just kind of started like as a, as a fun kind of side of the desk thing. And, and we we're doing that for about five or six years. And then I heard just being involved with other, start, other startups. And, you know, we've helped three others and been part of three other exits. I was like, Oh, wow, this is neat. Like, I, I really like this. This is an idea that is going to change our ecosystem. Not only at that time it was Alberta, but now it's, you know, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. And and that made it, I was like, this this is something else, right? To get that kind of money into the hands of, of startups in, in, in eight weeks is priceless. And, and, and I tell people this all the time. I said, not, I don't think there's an organization out there that has made a difference in the ecosystem in Alberta and Saskatchewan as startup has startup TNT has done in two and a half years, and that's kudos to Zach and Tim for starting it, and and guys like Jesse here and Neil in, in Calgary and myself and 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 all the other ambassadors that we have. It, it is it's a family, it's a team. We build companies, we make friends, we have fun, and that's and that's part of, of of investing is is understanding the founders and building that community. Certainly, from the first time that I encountered startup TNT yeah. was through Startupville. We were doing an interview. Yeah. It was with Zach. Yeah. And the energy was just infectious. And if yeah. there's something that I hear from players across the prairies, it's that if there's something to attract people to Startup TNT, it's maintaining and really investing, keeping that energy going yeah. with an organization. If someone's struggling, if they're at that moment of doubt, there's a team of people around them to give that yeah. pastoral support, but not just that, but to really just go, hey, we're here for you. We're a part of your team. Yeah. And look at things in a different way rather than going, come on, get on with it. Do this, do this, do this. Yeah. That ethos seems to be absolutely core to the organization. More than you know, right? I mean, 
being an entrepreneur can be a lonely journey and and that's one of the things and 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 i see it i see a lot of the struggles whether you know financially you know wife or kids a family right like when you have people that you can just call up and text and say hey do you want to go for a coffee or three or four of us will say you know what we'll spend the next six weeks or eight weeks or six months with you and have a have a weekly call to help you get to that next level it, may, it makes a difference in, in what we're doing culturally here. And, and we don't want people to go through this journey alone. We don't want them to sit there and, and, and struggle. Because you know what? You can walk outside this room, and I, I know it as a founder, and everybody else has gone through almost very similar things. So when you're sitting there sharing stories and, and, and helping somebody, and maybe I didn't go some, through that exact type of thing, but I'll bet you I know somebody that has, you put them in touch with them, and, and away you go. I don't want to compare apples to oranges, <laughs> but from my sense of when people go into a big American accelerator, it's very much driven on cutthroat, survive, make it to the other side, then we'll give you the mentoring contacts, but only then will you give you the contacts. Yeah. What makes what makes this system more friendly? I mean, that's what, what I get from it. Why can there be a system here which is more approachable in my, in one sense, yep. friendlier, that has that element of care. Is it something that's particularly uniquely Canadian? And I'll say that and, and preface it with, there's got to be a reason why in America they don't get more than a few days annual holiday <laughs> and over here we get a few more. I would, I would, you know, you're the phrasing it the Canadian way is good, but I would even go a little bit deeper and call it the prairie way. You know, I mean, you know, I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. My roots are there, right? It, it, it's, it's just something that we know that we're, we're there to help, right? We're having a conversation today saying even in Calgary, I don't lock my doors at certain times. I never locked my door my entire life growing up, right? Yeah. And then that's kind of the mentality that we have. Like we're here. It, it, it's... You, it's priceless when you can actually reach out and talk to somebody and you know what maybe it takes a little longer and the checks aren't as big yet but we're still an early ecosystem right we haven't had those big exits you know you have that big announcement today we got another unicorn in the prairies right and and that's a great thing but even Samed, right someone like Hanif and Tiff Saskies again they're starting to deploy a little bit more capital on a bigger on a bigger scale and and but they're also I'm not just giving you my money. You're, you're getting me with my money. And, and a lot of uh, big accelerators don't have that. Whereas we're, we're, you know, we're attached to that money. And if they want the help, they get it. In the sense that Saskatchewan is very proud of our humble roots. Yeah. And I say our, look, I've been here eight years and I feel the part of this um, society and the community and certainly with the prairies. But is there, is there a sense that We've been humble too long. Is there a sense of, you know, humility is important. Yeah. But there is a time and a place to go, no, we have achieved this. We've proved that. We've punched above our weight on this, 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 and this. It's time to really celebrate that success. Oh, we got to become a little more American that way. We got to start doing exactly what you say, shouting from the mountaintops. We yeah. got to say, you know what? We are freaking great up here. Great things are happening and, 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 and sharing it with everybody. And I mean, that's why I started my, 
you know, telling like it is live show again to put that out there to get those types of stories out there earlier because they need to be and they and they need to be amplified uh, uh, across mainstream media, not just when when uh, Neo gets uh, you know becomes a billion. There's so many great companies out here that should be being written about, being talked about every single day of the year. Your journey, your experience, and what you went through to get to your exit and that piece of your journey. Let's say there's people who feel a million miles from getting to that point. Yeah. Those moments that each and every one of us have had those doubts. Yeah. How did you reconcile when you did eventually exit all of those feelings that you had on the journey? I struggled with it. I, it was, it's kind of, you know, my partners and I, we were, it was our baby, right? We did it. We grew it. We were very proud of what we did and we didn't plan an exit. It just kind of fell in our lap. And then, you know, my wife will say like, you know, it's done, it's over. And I'd be criticizing what the new company was doing and, and it hurt for a while. And then eventually I got over it. But I mean, I, I think everybody out there has that sense of pride, right? It's my baby. This is what I want to do, but it, it is hard to let go. But in the other sense, you're also very happy and very proud of what you achieved in, 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 in eight years. Jade, I think that firstly, I hope that you get some rest with your voice within the next few days. <laughs> yeah. What I always tend to do is yeah. go to a conference, lose my voice, and then not talk for two days and just kind of let the sponge expand once again. <laughs> um, I got to go to Banff and talk to entrepreneurs for two days starting Sunday. So I was like, <laughs> I got a couple of days to rest my voice. Oh, you'll be good. I have yeah, no doubt on that. Exactly. Look, Jade, if people want to find out more information about um, not only Startup TNT, because, you know, we've been very fortunate to have Startup TNT on the, uh, on the podcast yeah. before, but more about what it is you're doing with your talking to entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's we do it through peer guidance and we're really a purpose before profit group that wants to make sure that capital doesn't get in the way of what you need as a startup and, and I don't want people to get ripped off paying five grand here or, 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 or anything along those lines or spending money on things that you shouldn't spend yet because money is hard to get and every penny counts so we really spend a lot of time talking about how to properly use that money how to properly scale your company when it comes to that time so I mean I'm on LinkedIn everywhere I do a lot of mental wellness talks. I sit on a bunch of panels. We've had our own you know, journey from our family through COVID and things like that. And, and again, if anybody's struggling out there, I, I, I say, you know, give me a call. I'll meet you for a coffee and, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn and any of my emails, DM me on my social medias. And, uh, and again, it's something that we just want to make sure that people understand it's a journey, journey you don't have to take alone. Jade, I'm hoping that this will be the first of many appearances here on Startupville. Me too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Startupville is brought to you by Innovation Place, helping grow the tech sector in Saskatchewan, Canada, and is produced in partnership with Martin Charlton Communications at wetellyourstories.ca. Our show is produced by me, Ariel Delorier, and our host, Dan Gold. We're extending a huge thank you and shout out to our pals over at Collabs for allowing us to take over the 2022 Uniting the Prairies Conference to bring you this exclusive content. Our theme music is from Gigi Riggs and Reactor Productions. Find out more about us and our guests at innovationplace.com slash startupville and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Startupville Pod. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us rise up the ranks. See you next time on Startupville.